if you make it all about him, then you don't have room for an ego because you realize who has gifted you, who you are doing it for. And you can really walk this thing out with humility because you realize that it's ultimately not about you. It's about giving God glory and making him known and expanding his kingdom. Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio. And Aisha Woods, Grammy-nominated singer, songwriter, and musician. Together, they talk with artists and industry insiders to discover our connection between music and faith. You can connect with us on Facebook or Twitter, at Between Grooves. Now, here's James and Aisha. Wow, we are into episode 256. Can you believe that, Aisha? Oh, yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. They say Um, time flies when you're having fun, right? Well, and we are. Welcome to Between the Grooves. It's your (laughs) look at faith, music, ministry, and everything in between with James Curtis and Aisha Woods. And uh, i got to say, I'm a little frustrated right now. Are you? I am. Do you I, get do you get frustrated often, or well, is it like a once in a blue moon type deal? Let me paint the picture for you. Okay. Um, one of the things that uh, the thing I do every time I finish the morning show each weekday morning is uh-huh. I'll jump onto my email, check my email and stuff, and and you know make sure I haven't missed anything, and then I step out, grab my jacket, step out the door, and I walk to the coffee shop and grab a coffee. Yes, I did that this morning. And there was a sign on the coffee shop door that said, closed today and tomorrow. And, well, why? Is there I, something going on? I think, I think they just decided to take some holidays or something like that. <laughs> and I didn't know. Everybody's entitled, James. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> and I didn't know. And I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't recall seeing a sign on there last week, you know, kind of you know, letting people know in advance or anything like that. And so right. I'm, I'm walking away thinking, okay, well, I can walk to another coffee shop. And then I kind of look at my watch thinking... I just don't have time. You don't have time. <laughs> don't have yeah. Time. So I'm here chatting with you without a coffee. And, oh, uh, gosh. I'm, just, it's, I'm, I'm feeling empty. You know? I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> we, need to, we need to stretch our hands and, and pray for you. <laughs> so I, I do have some water. That's not coffee, What do you do? I know. Like, great. <laughs> some, do you some have water. some tea? Maybe some tea will help. Well, I, Somebody get this man something hot to drink. Get me something. You know, like, there there must be something you can send my way. Somebody can send my way. Just have this thing delivered to me. Um, Right. I take my coffee. Of course, this is not a U.S. thing. This is a Canadian thing. I take my coffee double-double. What? Okay. Double-double. explain. Yeah. Two creams, two milks. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's when you go through the drive-thru, you order, uh, you know, a medium coffee, double-double. They know exactly what you want. Oh, wow. No sugar? No, or that, any kind of double, sweetener? No, double-double is two creams, two sugars. Oh, you you know you just said two creams, two milks. Did I? Oh. Yes. So no, no, that's that why is not double-double. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, that's, I, I this is why thinking. we need you to have <laughs> some coffee. This I know. Like, I'm not even thinking straight. What's going on here? Sorry, yeah. Sorry, it's two creams, two sugars is a double-double. Okay. Yeah. Got you. Needless to say, I'm um, a little... Um, a little off. A I'm, a, little, I'm just off. a little bit. If today. I can't even tell you what double double stands for, I'm a little off for sure. It's like, oh man, wake me up, you know. I'm gonna have to figure out some way to get some uh, coffee delivered. 
Well, I just had Genius. a sip of water there, and I'm just pretending it's coffee, but alas, <laughs> it's not. The mind is a powerful thing. <laughs> well, so. not in this case. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we've got a great guest with us this morning. We're going to be chatting with Bridget Donahoe, and she is a songwriter. She's a recording artist. She's a wife. She's a mom. She's a worship leader. She has a lot of hats that she wears. And mm-hmm. So I thought it'd be good to have a chat with her to see you know, what her career has been like and maybe some of the obstacles that she's found in her career and, sure. uh, and, and obviously in her life, because there's lots of things that go on in life that aren't necessarily just part of your job but part of what you go through. So let's get into this with Bridget on Between the Grooves. (laughs) So Bridget, one of the things that I thought was interesting about you is uh, one one of the, I guess, statements that you've made is as worship leaders, it's easy to fall into the trap of finding our identity in our gifting. And I could really, for me, I couldn't really relate to that because I'm a radio guy. And when I walk into church on a Sunday morning, I don't want people to look at me as the radio guy. I mean, that's right. that's my job. Right. That's my occupation. That's what I do yeah. Monday to Friday f- for a living. But that's not who I am. It's, yeah. it's just my occupation. So can you speak a little to that as far as, you know, you being a worship leader? Because you're also, uh, you know, you're a songwriter, you're a, you're a wife, you're a mom. But from, from the worship leader perspective, how do you... How do you overcome all of that? Well, I take everything that I, every praise, every, like, gifting that I receive, and I just place it back at the feet of Jesus. So it's easy to, you know, if, if it's critics, if it's praise, whatever it is, it doesn't phase you as you're walking with Christ. If you make it all about Him, then you don't have room for an ego because you realize who has gifted you, who you are doing it for, And you can really walk this thing out with humility because you realize that it's ultimately not about you. It's about giving God glory and making him known and expanding his kingdom. So what do you do when someone comes up to you after a service as an example and say, wow, what an incredible job you did, Bridget? I I say thank you. You know, I I don't (laughs) say glory to God, but but I, I, I definitely say thank you and you know, I, I try not to make it weird. I don't say, oh, well, you know, it's not me. It's completely him because, you know, it is some part of it is you stepping into what he has for you. So I simply sure, say thank you, you. And, I, and then I give it back to him and say it's all, you know, all glory to God. And I'm thankful to be his vessel. Yeah, it's good stuff. Now, apart from being a worship leader, as James just said, you're you're also a wife and you're a mommy and... Uh, songwriter. Yeah. How how do you balance all of that? I keep a very detailed calendar. <laughs> ah, there you um, go. Yeah, I'm always writing things down. I have uh, my notepad constantly available if I have a thought, if, if a song lyric, um, whatever it is, and I will take a note of it, and then I'll put a pin in it to come back to it later. So I always make sure that I'm not overbooking, that I'm not overextending, and that I'm really giving that, that family life balance so that I, sure. my kids don't ever feel like, you know, the ministry takes precedence over them because, right. you know, it's God, family, work, ministry, church, you know, in that order. And so God sure. first and, you know, always make time for your family and make sure that they know that they are your priority. 
Right, right. Interesting it, that church was right at the end of that list, too, by the way. I just thought I'd <laughs> throw that in there. Because for, for a lot of people, church is right on the top of the list. You know, when I was single, when I was living on my own, that was that was my life. That was number one on the list. Nothing else mattered. It was not even my family, you know? Like, yeah. you know, I, I'd rather be at church than be at home hanging with my family or whatever, you know? Like, that was wow. just, that, mm-hmm. that's just what it was back then. And maybe... Yeah. It, you know, if I were to go back in time, I would change that, or or maybe not. I don't sure. know. You know. Wow. Yeah, I love I love being a tr- part of a church. I love going to church, uh, but I always make sure that you know my my family's plugged in that they're you know that we're a, a unit. If that makes right. sense. Right. Oh sure. Do you have a big family or how uh, many kids a, do you have? I have two kids. I have a thirteen okay. year old and a nine year old. Nice. That's, Are they involved yeah, in ministry as well? Uh, the, my 13-year-old, he really wants to be an evangelist when he grows up. And I said, well, you know what? You are an evangelist every day that you proclaim sure. the name of Jesus. So, you yeah. know, you can have, you can do whatever your occupation is that you go into later in life, whether that's, you know, a trade, whether you're a doctor, no matter what it is, you can still be an evangelist and still have mm-hmm. a vocation. And so just training that mentality that, just because somebody's on a stage and has a platform, you know, right. we are all ministers of the gospel. And so you sure. can go and and tell others about Jesus no matter what you do. Yes, indeed. Bridget, having said that, can you tell us a little bit about your son? I know your son was diagnosed with uh, some kind of speech impairment. Am I correct? Yes. Uh, my youngest son, he is nine years old now, and Noah, he was diagnosed with severe speech apraxia and an expressive and receptive language disorder. I don't even know so what all what, that means. So right, can you, can you, like, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't either. <laughs> like what were the, what were the symptoms? Like what, how did you know like, this? He could not speak like at all. He would try to speak, but when he, when it came out, it was really garbled. Like you could not understand a word he was saying. Oh, okay. wow. So we took him in, had him evaluated at three And, you know, a lot of well-meaning people would say, oh, he'll grow out of it. It's not a big deal. But I I knew in my mom's heart, like, there was something more. Wow. So I took him in, and, you know, they they gave me a whole, like, laundry list of things that he'll never do. Like, he's never going to talk. He's never going to. Or if he does, it's going to be very limited and just just a laundry list of things that he wasn't going to do. And I, I remember going home that day, and feeling really, really defeated as a mom and just, mm. you know, because you love this this child. And, sure. you know, we were doing everything we could. We were doing the, the oxygen therapy. We were doing speech therapy. We were doing all the things that we needed to do, but there was no progress being made. So I remember just going home and pulling out the diagnosis sheet. And everywhere that it said that he would never, I said, in Jesus' name, he will. In Jesus' yeah. name, he's going to do this. In Jesus' yes. name. And just, I got my anointing oil out, and I remember praying over that and saying, and right. we're going to see the fulfillment of the promise because, you know, he's had many promises spoke over his life, and I I just was not going to give the devil room to really, um, you know, play with my mind. And, sure. you know, I, I was going to believe. And we saw a little bit by little bit him getting better, and there was no wow. real real explanation because— you know, it it was only prayer. It was only declaring that he's healed, that he is that he's whole, and now he's yes. completely healed. He's a straight A student. 
Um, awesome. You would never know. And now he tells people his testimony. He'll say, let me tell you what Jesus did for me, because he can remember it. He can remember hmm. when he didn't speak and he wanted to. And, you know, all glory to God. Yeah, for and what, sure. What age was he? Like you're saying at three, three years of age, he couldn't talk. And normally kids are talking usually just over around two years, if I remember correctly. And, right. Yeah. He was mm-hmm. three when he got the diagnosis. He did not fully start talking till he was five. Wow. Wow. Okay. And so there was some catching then, up I there, mean, too. It was a little, even then, his speech was a little um, where you couldn't make out a lot of things. But now you you would never know that he was ever had any type of diagnosis whatsoever. Does he still and do this any is the kind evangelist? Of, yeah. Does yeah. he <laughs> does he do any kind of therapy still, or that's long nope. gone? It's completely gone. Um, his doctors, because uh, we have we switched pediatricians, you know, over the course of years and moving and different things, and they they had no idea. They're just like what? <laughs> so even yeah. even doctors have. They they're shocked. They said, "Oh, there's like not even a trace." That's wow. incredible. Yep. Yeah. Um, you are uh, on the road a lot, I guess, um, because you yeah. lead at various worship events. Can you tell us what life is like for you, given the fact that you've got a family, you've got responsibilities in the home? Um, I, I'm assuming that a lot of the traveling you would do is is on weekends and that sort of thing. Yes, uh, most of it's on weekends and. You know, I I really do look at the family dynamic as far as I've had to say no to a lot of things in this particular season of life. Um, If it doesn't work for uh, my family, you know, I I do have to turn it down. And we do travel as as a family unit. You know, that that was going to be my next question. (laughs) That's right. Yep. (laughs) Now, there's some things, you know, if like I had a trip recently to Texas that I went to by myself for a ministry trip. But for the most part, I try to include my family. I want to make sure that it's within driving distance. If we're going to travel on plane, mm-hmm. that we can all go together. And so I yeah. really, you know, I, I don't want them to ever feel like I'm just off somewhere and, you know, that they know that I'm a present, stable force in their lives. And how yeah, how involved are they when you do travel? Like, are they helping? Are they, you know, part of it? They or are, they, are. are they off uh, sightseeing, sightseeing with your husband? <laughs> Uh, well, my husband is, he's incredible. He does the sound, and so he helps me get all set up. And they they love um, they love the church culture. They love being in revival. They love being in church services. And so they don't really, I mean, we do see some of this, everything, but when church is going on, they want to be there, and they want to be present, and they're, you Good. know, working the altars as much as they can, especially my oldest. You know, he wants to go and pray for everybody, and, I'm, and you mm. know, I, I absolutely love it. And then he helps with whatever needs to be done as far as the sound wise he'll go and run a cable and then he'll help with the tables and then my youngest tries to do the same so i i really appreciate them and how much they do contribute to the ministry and what about musical ability do they have any uh, we're working on it okay i was cuz cuz at that age you know that the 13 year old especially you'd be able to figure out at this point if if they can you know keep a tune sing harmony yeah. or whatever else and you know right. especially if they travel with you um, you know right. start incorporating them into whatever you're doing yeah my oldest is an excellent drummer um, we're working on getting him some lessons but he is self-taught so he got some of the apps and has just been doing it all on his own so I'm hoping within the next year or two that I can pull him and have him play the drums for us right 
And your other son? He, uh, he's able to carry a tune. He really wants to get some voice lessons. He loves to sing, and he has a very beautiful little voice for a nine-year-old. So we're working on it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Isha, so, you're still you're you working on your a, kids, too, aren't a, you? <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. And our, our kids are um, close in age, and we're all about the same thing, just training them up in the way and and putting them to work yeah. letting them be part of everything that we do and um so it's it's refreshing to hear that i'm i'm not the only one that that feels this way <laughs> about right. you know our kids being as uh, involved as they possibly can um I, I once heard someone say that there's no there's no junior Holy Spirit. And yeah. so, you know, when God is moving, he can use them just as much as he uses us. So, amen. That's great. Uh, Bridget, you uh, obviously are a songwriter. And so uh, what a lot of people are doing these days versus, you know, 20, 30 years ago is the fact that we've got social media. So you're able to take some of your music and sing some of the songs that you write online. Am I correct? Yes. So I understand you had one of those songs go viral? Yes. Um, fairly recently, it was a, about three weeks ago, I'd say, three or four weeks ago, I had posted a song that I had written uh, and released back in 2020. And this was a song about... Uh, after my dad had passed and it was about keeping on even when you don't feel like it when you feel like giving up and you don't know why certain things have happened to keep on and to press on and I shared that um, because my youth pastor from when I was uh, when I lived in Las Vegas many years ago had passed on to be with the Lord and she was only 47 so I had you know just a lot of questions wow. and a lot of sadness you know and I remember saying, well, you know, I'm going to just go ahead and share this song that I released a few years ago and I'll, you know, do a reel real quick and hopefully it'll encourage some other people because if I'm going through this, you know, everyone's been affected by loss at some point in their lives. So I went and shared that and it was, it didn't, it had probably a few thousand views like a normal reel would uh, the first week. But then the second week I kept getting all these notifications and I'm like, what is, what's going on, you know? And I look and, you know, by the end of it, it's now at close to three million views. Wow. I can't get three million views for anything. <laughs> right. Uh, nobody's interested in me. Uh, uh, no. That's not what it's all about. But, um, Stop. Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. So so for this song, and I, and I guess in general for you, Birgit, as an artist, are you using social media as a means to share a new song or and and I guess what I'm getting at with this is a lot of time you'll see artists where they'll they'll professionally record a song and then they'll go to social media and use social media as a means to uh, to offer a an acoustic version or just a you know bare minimum type version of the song uh, but other times they'll have this bare minimum of a song and then you know, throw the message out there saying, hey, do you think I should record this song? So what are you using social media for? Uh, I, I do a combination of both of that. You know, I'll go and record the song in the studio, and sometimes I'll share it before it's recorded, like from a worship service. So if I have a song that I'm really feeling like I should go into the studio and record, I'll 
share some of the worship clips of a previous, you know, event that we've had and say, what do you guys think about this? I'm thinking about going into the studio and recording some new songs. Which one of these do you guys really, you know, think that I should do? And then I'll get a response saying, oh, I like this one. And, you know, this really blessed me. And so I do it, I do mm. it both ways. I'll share the, the final result, like, and I'll make clips of it just to get people excited about the music. Do you play any instruments? I do. I play guitar. I've been playing since I was eight years old. Um, and it's, it's kind of a funny story about the guitar. Um, I had been playing for, you know, taking lessons since I was eight. Put it down for a while when I was going through my rebellious teenage phase and really didn't want anything to do with God and, you know, all of that. And I didn't really pick it back up. I, I always sang and my husband knew I could sing. And I remember when we were uh, first married, we had this college and career night that we just started at our previous church and okay. they needed somebody to lead worship. And, you know, he knew I could sing, but he, he didn't even know I played guitar. So I just, you know, got the acoustic, <laughs> went up there and led worship. And, and he was just like, what on earth? Like, we're a year into our marriage and I didn't know that you could actually play. Oh, wow. So <laughs> Cats yeah, out of the bag. It was, right. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really just wow. God kind of, I feel like he was preparing the, the steps to step into full-time ministry, even okay. when I was reluctant to it. So how many guitars do you have and where do you keep them? Three. Um, I have one upstairs right now in our den area. I have one down here with me, and then I have one in the back of my van because I just led worship yesterday. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I ask. I ask because my brother. Well, both my brothers are really good guitar players. One of them is an amazing guitar player, and uh, he keeps his guitars in his living room. And you know what that means, right? Whenever they have company, whenever people come oh, over, yeah. he picks up the guitar and he's just strumming. So it's like you've got this little musical background <laughs> thing happening the whole time during this conversation, and this, and that's what guitar players tend to do, right? They're always they always have yeah. the guitar in their hand. They're always picking at it and strumming and figuring out new chords and stuff, right? Yep, yep, absolutely. <laughs> and how does your husband feel about that part of it? Uh, he he likes it. Um, if we're doing something, you know, I have been guilty where we're watching a show and I'm like, oh, you know, and I'm playing in the background. He's like, can, can you just not? Or go right. to the other room, you know, yeah, that's the, you know, being conscientious of, you know, family members and stuff so uh, he's he's very understanding with it um a lot of the time it'll be like i have a new melody idea or like i feel like oh like i, I hear this and i want to go grab the guitar and and try it out and you know if the guitar is right there i'm i'm gonna you know i'm gonna do it and mm -hmm. but he's been very he's very understanding so god bless him <laughs> aisha, aisha you have a keyboard in your office um I do. is that distracting for you when you try to do your job uh nope no not at all no Seriously? no well, because, because you could you could say it's part of your job right <laughs> exactly yeah 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 okay, okay. <laughs> now Bridget you've I've, I've read somewhere that you you kind of flow in in some spiritual gifts can you talk to us about that uh, yes so like even as an example yesterday we had worship and. During the worship set, uh, it was very spontaneous, and we kind of just went off into a lot of spontaneous worship. And I love it. You know, I I love not limiting what God's doing. You know, it's yeah. We we always try to have order, 
And so, you know, you have your songs picked out. You have what you what you think the service is going to be like. And then God just kind of flips the script and you go into whatever he's wanting. And so it's Mm -hmm. a it's a matter of not being boxed in. Uh, We did. I mean, our our services normally go for our worship services are about 50 minutes to 55 minutes. And I remember like we were towards the end and I was like, okay, well, we're just going to I feel like God's leading us here. And we did a lot worship for about 30 minutes and God really moved and it's just a matter of being you know I feel like prophetic worship I know that that's a term that's being thrown around but that just means being having your ear inclined to the Lord and the Holy Spirit and what he's doing at that moment so it's not Mm -hmm. something that's mystical and you know it's something that that all worship leaders should be trying to um to really listen to Holy Spirit and so it's wanting you to go in a certain way, in a certain vein, and to sing on on a certain thing, you know, just yield yourself to him and allow it to happen because he's going to use it. Yes, indeed. Are you writing for other artists or uh, are you um, doing I'm any of that? Starting to do some, I'm starting to do some co-writing. Um, okay. I've, I've been asked to, to write for some other artists, but it's just finding the right collaboration and the right, I, I'm definitely open, um, but you know, it has to be, it has to be the Lord and I have to feel like sure. it's um, just the right, the right fit. When you are writing, I, I suppose you're always writing. You, you, you mentioned you're always scribbling stuff down in your, in your yeah. phone and whatever else. Um, do you ever have that happen when you are in a worship service and you've gone into that uh, that time of prophetic worship and and a new song is birthed out of that? Oh yes, uh, we had it happen yesterday. Actually, <laughs> uh, we had um, a new core. I, I would call it a bridge, but it mm. came out of the worship set and it, it was brand new. And we just all started singing it and we sang it over Good. and over. And then you know, and God really, really moved through it. And our pastor got up afterwards and he said, I think that there's some new songs coming out of that worship time. <laughs> and, you know, and so it's a matter of going back after you have those moments where you feel like they're really God, God breathed moments, going back and kind of refining them and adding to them and asking what God really wants out of the song. I, I see uh, Aisha's the look on her face is this 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 pensive looking you know uh, like like you're right on track with everything that's happening here, <laughs> uh, and I guess for me from the you know the comical standpoint, um, I'm just thinking to myself who gets the who gets the writing credits on a song like that you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I always want to like like even with all of my songs, like I want to go and say and co-writer or not co-writer like the writer holy spirit right. you know right, you want right. to yeah. go and say that because you know you really in moments like that you really i really feel like it's not me because like right. i can't write on the spot like that and have something that actually flows together and mm-hmm. makes sense um rhythmically and even um vocabulary where it's rhyming and going together so uh, that's all glory to god <laughs> well, and there's a lot more work, you know, you might have, like you say, the bridge or the chorus of, of a bigger project anyways, a bigger song mm-hmm. anyways. And so there's a lot more thought and, and uh, you know, uh, writing that needs to happen for it to be complete, right. I suppose, if you're, if you're going to actually end up with a song that gets recorded and, and sung in church and, and whatever else. Uh, I find it really interesting, um, these, these piano players that can just take, uh, number one, they can flow, 
in those yes. times. And I guess any musician mm-hmm. from that matter, but usually it's the sure. key, the keys that are the main instrument in a case like that. Or if, if the worship leader's right. playing a guitar, then it's the guitar player. But a lot of times it's a keyboard player. And then their ability just to flow with all of that and then uh, come up with the chords. It's not just flowing yeah. in the melody, but it's coming up with this these unique chord structures that just get birthed at that time as well, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's magnificent. I, I would love to learn the keys. That's my goal for this year. So <laughs> I was uh, I was list, I was uh, in church yesterday and uh, there was a time it was just, you know, I'll, I'll say, quote unquote, regular worship. And I'm I'm pretty sure the song was a track. But of course, all the musicians are playing along with it. And then the track ended and then the keyboardist kept going. And the chords he came mm. up with were like, whoa, where did that come wow. from? Like that, that doesn't sound yeah, the original nice. chords. It's like he's now doing something completely different with it, um, but it's the same song. And I just thought, wow, these guys, you know, they, <laughs> they've got so much, uh, you know, knowledge, but also the ability to take that knowledge and, and in their fingers to play these, sure. these chords and stuff, you know? Right. So. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I'm just, uh, I've known people throughout my life that had that ability. And, and you know, I I played piano way back when and never, you know, took it up again. And even guitar and some other instruments and stuff. But, you know, when when you hear somebody who's actually taken that skill and just kept honing that skill and keeps practicing and keeps doing mm-hmm. stuff. And then you, you hear the end result. Okay. And then in a worship service, it's it's even more incredible, right? So Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we are uh, out of time here, but uh, if we need to get in touch with you or if uh, any of our listeners on Between the Grooves need to get in touch with you, they can, I guess, the best the best place for them to go is your website, correct? Yes, my website, and then it has all of my um, my socials on there and a contact form. And so, yeah, I'd reach out. I'd love to hear from you. BridgetDonahoe.com. Yes. Perfect. Thank you, Bridget. Thank you so much for having <laughs> me on. It was a pleasure talking with both of you. You're very welcome. Yes, as well. Take care, Bridget. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, before we go, let's get some artist advice this week from the singing contractors. Well, I think one one thing that we have learned from observing other artists, one thing we've learned is to stay debt-free and do not have a bus and waste your money on a bus. Right. And we've had... We've had a lot of people say, well, why don't you have a bus? Well, we've everything that we have, our sound equipment, our trailer, is debt-free, and we don't, we're not a slave to the bus. Even our recording contracts <laughs> and stuff, you know. So, yes. so we're not indebted to anybody on that level, so that would be the, the advice that we would give. Wow. That's a, they're so much fun. They're so much fun. And, you know, when they were talking about... Um, being debt free, I just thought about the scripture that says, "Oh, no man, anything but to love him." Yeah. And when you're in a <laughs> when you're in a position um, of well, being debt free, you certainly have more to offer. You know, yeah. I I like that because I mean I wasn't expecting that from them. You know, a lot of right. times you'll hear artists talk about you know keep your eyes on God and you know uh, whatever. Right, right. And this is like more of a practical thing, like stay That's right. stay debt free, don't have a bus, because mm-hmm. there's it it opens up like you you don't have stress anymore. 
Right. There's no right. stress. It's just, you know, you're just, you're doing whatever you're doing and you don't have that, that stress or that one element of the ministry or the mm-hmm. work that you do hanging over you, right? Sure. So practical. And, and we have heard in the past from other artists, um, I think it was um, Danny Goki way back when, talking about the fact that, you know, you have this bus and there's a cost to run the bus. Right. Oh, there's, it sure a, is. there's not just the gas and the mileage and maintenance, but, you know, there's people on this bus and and uh, it costs a lot of money to run one of these buses. Absolutely. You got to hire a bus driver because very likely you don't have your license. But the smart artists will have their own bus <laughs> license. Right. That's right. Right. So. Uh, so, yeah. We're I just, live in Florida. <laughs> there you go. You don't have to you don't have to have a, um, a CDL to. Oh, really? Okay. No. Nice. Um, A lot of, but that's, you know, that's great for there. But if you want to travel (laughs) anywhere else, you've got to, you know, have the proper proper paperwork. Otherwise, uh, you'll be off the road. But that's that's great advice. I like mm-hmm. that. Uh, just very practical advice from yeah. the singing contractors. And that is it. We are out of time. There's the music. Uh, it means we have to go. But... We are back next time with uh, more great stuff on Between the Grooves. Make sure you check us out on your socials. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yeah, somebody set up an Instagram page for us. Amazing. Yay! Yes. So uh, check us what out. What Paul say? Follow me. Follow me as I follow Christ. Exactly. So that's that's <laughs> the key is follow us, and you'll uh, be up to date on everything that's going on. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, that just lets us let you know whenever a new podcast Podcasts drop, and don't forget to leave a rating and a comment uh, because that helps us reach more people as well. Sure does. So until next time, <laughs> what? Till next time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Fate Strong today's Between the Grooves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, would you consider sharing it with your friends, rating our podcast, or giving us some love on your socials to your amazing friends and followers will only help us reach more people. We'd also love to hear from you and share your feedback in an upcoming episode. Send your video or written message to Aisha and James on Facebook and Twitter at Between Grooves or email us anytime. Hello at faithstrongtoday.com. 